0: If you're here for the first time, this is The Read and Rant. And what we're here to do is we're here to commit um, our time in the reading of the Word. Uh, I believe that this is the most important thing you can do. This this is the most important thing you can do, uh, aside from prayer, to read the Word and to just hear from God through the reading of the Word. This is not a Bible study. This is just a reading of the Word. And so as we read the Word, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us to the truth. We're going to ask that the Holy Spirit will reveal the heart of God. This is to cultivate our relationship with God. So we're going to meditate on the scriptures and our posture to meditate on the scriptures will be one that is defined by three questions. And those three questions are going to be first, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? The second question that we're going to ask is God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that we're going to ask is God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? So let's pray and ask for the Lord to speak to us as we read his word. Father, I ask right now, as we engage in your word today, Lord, I pray that you would bless us, Lord. Bless us with the grace, Lord, to see you in the word, to see how it testifies of you, how it testifies of your heart. We pray that Your Spirit would testify to our spirit. We pray that you would speak your truth to us as we read your word. Father, let it not be the facilities of thought, but Father, let it be by the opening of our hearts to you as your spirit pours upon us and that we would receive insight to who you are, to your will, and to what you desire of us. Father, convict us in this word. We ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Let's read it. Isaiah 52. And it says this, it says, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion, for thus says the Lord. You have sold yourselves for nothing. You, have, you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord, my people went down at first into Egypt to dwell there. Then the Assyrian oppression, sorry, then the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, says the Lord, that my people are taken away for nothing. Those who rule over them, make them wail, says the Lord and my name is blasphemed continually every day. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he who speaks. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation. Yeah. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your watchmen shall lift up their voices, with their voices they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. Break forth into joy. Sing together, you waste, places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart. Go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. For you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high, just as many were astonished at you, so his visage his so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him, for what had not been told them they shall see, and what they had not heard they shall consider. <laughs> who has believed our report, Isaiah 53. And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and yet he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, from the transgressions of many people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he was born with the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren, you have not borne. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall not expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore." For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, he is called the God of the whole earth. Hmm. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in the spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so I have I sworn that I will not be angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O you afflicted one, tossed with the tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and grace shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. There's a lot. There's a lot. Isaiah 55, and we'll stop here. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and yet your soul delight itself in abundance. "'Incline your ear and come to me. "'Hear and your soul shall live. "'And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, "'the sure mercies of David. "'Indeed, I have given him as witness to the people, "'a leader and commander for the people. "'Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, "'and nations who do not know you shall run to you "'because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel.'" for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my way, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall encompass what I please. And it shall prosper in the things which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign. That shall not be cut off. I'm tempted to read one more chapter. Let me read one more and then we'll, we'll share some thoughts. Isaiah 56, thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness. For my salvation is about to come and my righteousness will be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, and keeps from his hand from doing any evil. Do not let the son of the foreigner who is joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and chose, and choose, sorry, what pleases me, and holds fast my covenant, even to them I will give my house, and within my walls a place and a name, better than that of sons and daughters, I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also, the sons of the foreigner, who join themselves to the Lord to serve him, and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, and holds fast, my covenant. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain, and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, yet I will gather him. Others besides those who are gathered to him, All you beasts of the field come to devour. All you beasts in the forest, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are all greedy dogs, which never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain, from his own country, sorry, from his own territory. Come, one says, I will bring wine. And we fill ourselves with intoxicating drink tomorrow will be as today and much more abundant um i'm going to preface by saying we we need to really break down Isaiah 56 in a bible study um Isaiah 56 is um at first glance, when you read it, it, it's incredibly its incredibly challenging because Isaiah 56 points to the bigger picture of what God is doing. Um, Isaiah 56 is giving us insight into this was bigger than just Israel. Even though Israel is at the center of this, this is not just about the redemption and the salvation of Israel. This is a salvation of all nations, and so we see now that the nations, the Gentiles, what we call the Gentiles, are being included into the story. The Gentiles now are part of this; they get to be uh, partakers of this salvation. And of course, we 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 still have to unpack that. What is salvation, right? What is that? And so, um, and so we we see that we see that element, we see that dimension, but. In part, it will look at first a little bit confusing, and the reason why it's going to look a little confusing at first is because it's it's including them in it's including them as heirs, as partakers of this this blessing, this 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 salvation, this redemption, whatever that looks like, because we haven't even talked about it yet. But this salvation, this redemption, it's including them in it. But on the condition that it's everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant. And so and then, and then he also points out to the eunuchs, again, these the eunuchs being the um, the Gentiles, and particularly speaking pointing to the uh, the servants, those who had served in the um, in the nations that oppressed. Israel up to that point, and I think we can believe that's what it's pointing to. And it says, "Even the eunuchs who keep my sabbaths and choose what pleases me." So there's a lot there that that you've got to um, unpack, and there's a lot there that you have to go. Okay, wait, hold on. So we partake in observing the Sabbath. Do we partake in? It? So that leaves. That leaves. I. I I'm sorry if I threw that threw that out there, but I want to also, even as we read. Even if we don't have time to unpack everything, I don't want to ignore things that at first will seem challenging. And so I had to kind of I'm I'm hesitating because I can sit here and unpack that, but we're not afforded the time to do that. But I do want to at least point it out because I think there's such a greater picture, a grander narrative, something that we need to. Um, pay very close attention to and to see what role and what part we play today in it. And so there's so many implications to that. And so in the end, when you work through that, you begin to realize, man, God had a plan for each and every person. God had a plan. And even though Israel is central to the story. Israel plays a, a pivotal role in that story. It's one that includes all of humanity. And here are the parameters and the dimensions for which all of humanity get to be a part of this. So that's kind of, that's cool. I, I like that. And I, and I think there's, that's why I'm like, you know what, there needs to be a Bible study just on this chapter, because there's so many facets to this chapter, so many angles uh, to this chapter that we're not afforded um, to really unpack right now. But today we're here to posture ourselves in ministry and in relationship to God. We're meditating on his word and asking God, what are you saying? And as I read, and this is something I'm, again, this is why I want you to read with me because I want you to, when you're hearing from God in the word, when you're reading, you don't need to understand everything in it, okay? Because there's so many things in it. You can spend a lifetime studying the word of God and and you're still not going to get it all. I'm telling you this, this right now, for as, for as much as I study and study and study and read and read, and as much as I try to pull in so many ways, I'm always getting something new. And I've learned this is the depth of God, the breadth of God is that we're never going to fully get it all. We're never going to fully get it all, at least not. In this time, only in the glorification where we get to really know it all and to see it all and and, and experience it all. But even in this journey, there's a way we posture ourselves. And my advice to you as you're reading is when you're reading, even if you're not understanding everything, you're reading, you're reading, and then boom, something just captures you. Go back to that. Highlight it. Even if you don't know why it captures you, but it captures you in that moment. Because God is working in that. God is moving in that. Okay? God is acting in that. And so I want to make sure you guys are you, you guys are aware of how you ought to posture yourselves when you read. Man, I'm trying to understand it. And you get so bogged down on the part that you don't understand that you miss the part that God is trying to say to you right now. Don't get so overly pressed on what you don't understand, that you miss what God wants to say to you today, what God wants to say to you in the moment. His word is life. His word is living and active. God speaks through his word. God speaks through our reading of the word. And God speaks to us in the moments that we're in through the word. So fam, Don't get so stuck going, man, I don't understand this. And you miss the part that you understand, or you miss the part that God wants to speak to you in, don't ever do that. Maybe I should do a TikTok on that, Mike. You're right. But as I'm reading this, the things that are popping out, things that are popping out as we, as, as we spend time. And as I spend this time, something else may be popping out to you. That's different than than what's popping out to me. And that's okay. Because God is speaking to you specifically about what it is that you're going through in the context that you're going through it. And so listen to God's voice in that. But today I'm encouraged because I see the gospel. And I I did mention this to you before. When we talk about the dimension that Isaiah is in, Isaiah is speaking from a spiritual dimension. Isaiah is speaking from an angle, from a realm that we do not see. He, he he's speaking from a he, he's speaking in layer, in a realm, in a in a angle, and I like using these terms angle or realms or dimensions. He's speaking in realms that we do not see, because often we get so stuck in what we act, what we see, that we miss the mechanisms that bring into fruition the things that we see. It's like we see things, but where do those things come from? We see the reality of these things, but where do those things come from? How do those things come about? We see things transpiring in history. We see things transpiring in governments and institutions. We see things that are transpiring. And, and, and you cannot, and I, I can't say this enough, you cannot miss that there's a, an intelligence a unifying intelligence that's governing how things are ruling and running. You can't miss it. And I know we study history and we study times. We call these things cultural moments. We call these things cultural times. We call these things the culture. Or we actually define them by decades. We define them by eras. We say, well, this era; these are the, this is the way that we dress, the way that we talk, the way that we walk, the way that we acted, the things that we desired, the idols that we served, the things, we're... not realizing for a moment that these eras had a unifying intelligence behind them, were governing a, a culture. There's an intelligence. So when we talk about the cultural moment, I'll take it one step further. We cannot ignore or separate defining the cultural moment by the principality that governs it. We cannot sit and look at the cultural moment and not see that there's a greater force that's, seeking to govern it and to draw it away from the revelation of Jesus. We cannot ignore the cultural moment and and in doing so, allow the enemy to move in a way that draws people from Christ. We called it the 70s we called it the 80s we called it the 90s or sometimes we call it the generations and we say this generation that generation this now realizing hold on a second it's almost like we're all being governed by the same thing with the same desires with the same wants it's almost like we're all being being ruled by 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 something by by, and so we're trying to pin it down. And and this is speaking to people who are still trying to understand this realm. This realm is active. This realm is active and it's moving. And Isaiah begins to speak into that realm. Isaiah steps into that realm. Isaiah is a cultural influencer in his time. I'll say this. You cannot be a gospel influencer and not know what's happening in the realm that we cannot see. You cannot be a cultural influencer and not be aware of the governing principalities over that culture. You cannot be a cultural influencer and not know that the culture is attached by a spirit. And that spirit is governing how that culture is moving. And you can speak all day, oh man, this is gonna get tough. You can speak all day into, well, you know, we see this happening and we see that happening and this happening and that happening, this moving and that moving and this moving and that moving. And we see these things happening and these things happening. You can see it, but you can't change it. And the only way you can influence because a person who is an influencer is one that is causing change, not one that is moving by the change, but one that's causing the change. You can't see it and go, oh, if I'm an influencer, I'm not to be influenced by it, but to influence it, but you cannot influence it until you step into that realm. Where in Isaiah 56, in verse 1, he says, keep justice and do righteousness, for salvation is about to come. He's talking about a way to live, a way to do, a way to be, an activity. Not, not a sitting and waiting, but an actual intimate, intimately active and acting in the things that God is doing. And as you're intimately acting in the things that God is doing, this, this doing, this doing, this doing, he's speaking about a salvation that is about to come and a righteousness that is to be revealed. So, in me keeping justice and doing righteousness, his righteousness is being revealed. So, in my doing justice and righteousness, I am exposing the righteousness of God. In me contending with the principalities and the powers. In me contending against what culture says it ought to be. In me contending against those things. The righteousness of God is revealed. We sometimes posture ourselves to simply wait for the coming of Jesus for all things to be made right, ignoring the fact that the coming of Jesus is coinciding with the work that God is doing today through his people. When we talk about Jesus coming, this is so critically important, is we don't talk about Jesus coming as an event that is to happen. But we talk about the coming of Jesus as an event that is happening. Did y'all catch that? Not something that's going to happen, we just wait for it to happen, but something that is happening. And and if we, the church, are the body of Christ, then what does it look like for Jesus to be present and coming? We, We... we see Jesus speaking in these languages. And this is where it gets so weird for a lot of people, especially people who are Western thinkers. It gets so weird when we talk about the future and the past and the present and how it it shows itself in in Scripture and in the Bible and how when when we see Jesus speaking or we see the prophets speaking, this prophets speak of the future in present terms. And the past and future terms, and it's always—it's almost like they're entering one time to another, and to another time to another. When Jesus says to the Samaritan woman at the well, "The time has come, and now is." Wait, has it come, or is it? The time—the time is coming. Sorry, the time is coming, and now is. So, is it—is it coming, or is it now? It's both. It's both. We're waiting for God to do something. We're waiting on God. And yet our waiting is our doing. It's both. We we always try to, you know, get ourselves to understand these things. Like we're, we're trying to make ourselves make sense of it. And it doesn't require any of that. Faith doesn't require any of that. Faith is just doing, it's just doing. Waiting on God is not sitting back and just watching God and going, okay, God, I'm waiting on you for my breakthrough. I'm waiting on you to change things. I'm waiting on you for these things to happen. Waiting on God is actually anticipating God. Waiting on God is doing. When you wait on God, you're actually doing. It's active. The time is coming and now is. You won't see what comes until you do what comes. And too many of us are waiting on God for a breakthrough that requires us to move in the breakthrough that God has already given us. So rather than think of waiting on God as sitting back and just waiting, think of waiting on God as anticipating. Because when you anticipate something, the way you live right now changes. When you anticipate something, the way you move right now changes. Stop waiting anticipate and that's why when the scriptures say they that wait remember Isaiah was saying this earlier he said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength how do I get stronger waiting how am I how is my strength being renewed when I wait I feel like when I wait I'm sitting back and I'm like oh because that's not what he's talking about he's saying when you anticipate your strength is renewed when you anticipate, then you start moving differently. You ever felt, I don't know if anybody's ever had this happen, right? You ever had an instance, maybe you're not a, a marathon runner, but I know there's some marathon runners up in here. You you see how the marathon runners run for like the first, I don't know, couple miles, they have a certain pace. And then somewhere along that race, they kind of slow down a little bit and they speed up a little bit, but they kind of slow down a little bit. It's that final stretch, where they speed up. You ever seen it? It's like that final stretch. All of a sudden, they start running because they see the finish line. They see the tag. They see the line. And it's there that they start sprinting. It's almost at the end, that's when they start really going in because you want to know why? They're going in now because they go, I see the finish line. This is what waiting on God looks like. It's when you're anticipating God doing something. Because now when you anticipate God, When you begin to see what the finish line looks like, all of a sudden, waiting on the Lord now does renew your strength. That's what renewing your strength and waiting on God looks like. You don't wait on God by sitting back and looking. You wait on God by going and doing and seeing what is not there. This is what waiting on God looks like. I'll leave you with this final thought because I got to go, but I'll leave you with this. Ready? We see the work of God in Isaiah chapter 52, and I, and I only have a minute, so a few minutes. In Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 52, we see the work of God, pay very close attention to this, because we see that God is redeeming Jerusalem, but God has redeemed Jerusalem, past, present, future, in one tense. He's redeemed them. Isaiah is speaking in futures past, in present future, in past, present, present future. And he says, how beautiful are the mountains. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring the good news, who proclaim peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, who proclaim salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Somebody's coming with this news. This is, this is going to change for us, but it's not going to be out of what we're doing. It's going to be out of one who redeems us. But then in verse nine, it says, for the Lord has comforted his people. These people who have messed up, who've committed these errors, all this, the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem, past tense. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arms, has made bare his holy arm. It's done. Depart and go, look look what he says, has made bare his holy, it's done. In the eyes of all the nations, it's done. And all the ends of the earth shall see. They will see what is already done. What is already done, they will see. So now that it's done, Israel, do what they will see. Verse 11, depart and go out from there, touch no unclean thing. Now out of what God has already done, now you do. This is the power of the gospel. This is the Romans one sixteen that we're talking about is out of what God has already done, Do. Act like what it's like. I love that. Do what is already done. Do what is already accomplished. Do the righteousness that Jesus has already accomplished on the cross. Do the justice that God has already established on the earth. Do it and it comes. Act like what it's like. Don't act like what it is, act like what it's like. I love that. Act like what it's like. Do what God has already done. We're so busy for God to do things in our life, not realizing that on the cross, Jesus says it is finished. It's already done. We're too busy waiting for God to do things that are already done. Now we just do it. Do what is already done. And when you do what is already done, What is already done will now be seen. That's the gospel, (laughs) y'all. We don't do things to make things happen apart from him. We do things because Christ has already done it. We do things because it has already been accomplished. We do things because we're already on the winning team. We're doing things because we've already been redeemed. We don't do things for salvation, for redemption, for righteousness, for justice. We do things because justice has already been accomplished through Jesus Christ. It's already been done. But when we do it, then it will be revealed. You live like you've been forgiven. Yeah. You live like you've been redeemed. You live like salvation has already been bought for you. You live like you've already won. You live like it's already been conquered. It's already been done. Faith 101, see it before you see it. Believe it before you even see it. Ah, Faith 102 is do it even when you don't see it, so that when you do it, you see it. It is done. Love y'all, fam. Father, I ask today, as I close today, I pray, Lord, that you would increase us in faith, increase us in wisdom, increase us in clarity, increase us in insight, increase us in seeing the stuff that you've already done behind the scenes, Lord, that will now compel us to do and to bring revelation what has already been done. Father, let us live in the finished work. Let us live out of what you have already finished and accomplished. You didn't say that you're making all things new, Lord. You said you have made all things new. So Father, teach us, Lord, to live out of that, to see what is not seen and to make seen to everyone else the things that they cannot see, that the world will be redeemed. And we say that in your name we pray, amen. Family, I gotta go. It's good to see you all. I'm glad you're here. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. There's there's so many layers to this that I want to unpack for you. This is going to have to be a Bible study because Isaiah is something else. But that's what I want to leave you with today is act like it. Act like what God has already done. Act like it's already been done. I can't wait, guys, for you guys to join me on live subscriptions. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be on May 25th. Join me for live subscriptions. Also, text me 954 954- 231 1848. 954 231 1848. Also, click the link in the bio. Click the link in the bio. Become a patron. Support what we're doing. It is your support that makes all this possible. I love y'all, fam. I got to go. Peace out.